When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Celebrate the holidays at Hale Varsity Club with an exciting lineup of holiday-themed events like Ugly Christmas Sweater Karaoke and Holiday Music Bingo, plus happy hour all day on New Year's Eve during college football bowl games. Hale Varsity Club has something for everybody. Stop in this month to try our new menu items like the Nashville Hot Honey Chicken, Crispy Breaded Wings, and the Benning Burger. It's a spicy burger named after Damon Benning. Visit HaleVarsityClub.com for the full event calendar and make a reservation now. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Hot of the Mess. I am your host, Samantha Bush, and I am here for Bravo Friday. I feel it feels so good sometimes to just do a solo episode. So here we are. I feel like we have a lot to cover because it was Real Houses of Atlanta. There was Married to Medicine, Beverly Hills, um, Salt Lake City premiere. And I know that I haven't seen the latest episode of Southern Charm, but I do kind of want to just touch on a little bit of what I think is going on this season etc. Just like my random thoughts about Southern Charm. Um, but a quick little update about me. I, you know, I was really busy this week. I moved. Um, I moved into a little townhouse. So I'm no longer in the city of Detroit, but I am now in Royal Oak, which is like the metro Detroit area. I'm very happy about that because, you know, I was living in Detroit for a couple years and I just started to get like really tired of it to be honest like I liked it there are things to love about the city of course but especially with Ruby it just like wasn't really working for me anymore like I hated being 45 minutes away from a Target or a Trader Joe's like Detroit literally has one fucking grocery store and it's Whole Foods they just put in another market like a little bit away so I was just like I'm really ready to like be closer to like people you know I don't know. I was just really, really ready. And also in the middle of my move, I also celebrated Rosh Hashanah with my mans and his family. So it was my very first one. I was so honored to be invited to dinner. Um, You know, I got my ass there. I hustled. I moved. I moved that day, ran home, jumped in the shower. And, you know, we dipped some apples in honey and it was really a beautiful little tradition. Um, And it was just a great, great time to bond with his family. And it was just like really cute and sweet. And they were very nice. Um, Okay. So let's get into the headlines. Enough about me because sometimes people hate when I talk about myself, but here we are. Um, Headline news. I finally, finally got to announce that I'm moderating a fucking panel at BravoCon. I am so honored and excited. They emailed me like a month ago about this and I was like, oh my God, I just want to like shout it from the rooftops and like tell everybody, but I couldn't and it was truly killing me inside. And 
I looked at the other panels, like who was hosting. And I'm like, these are big people. Like these are big names. Like I was shook. I was shook that I was asked to be a hundred percent honest. Like I, I wrote a little bit about this on my Instagram yesterday or when I had posted and it's like, I started this Instagram account four years ago, August of 2018. I was working at a dental office in like this little town, like little city outside of Detroit. I really, it was just an easy job for me. Like it was like a very easy paycheck. It was very like consistent, you know, like it was dental office. Like I was working the front desk and also I was an assistant. So like I did kind of like both. It doesn't matter. Whatever. If you guys have any dental questions for me, I got you. I'm your girl. But um, so I started this Instagram account as like a way to just like talk about Bravo with literally anybody that would listen to me. And it kind of just like grew and grew. And I don't think like I had, I didn't have any intention of that. Like I just liked engaging with people that liked the same things as me. And that really is why I started it. And so to kind of like come full circle and like be able to go on watch what happens live and see how much my life has changed because of an Instagram account is like really, really mind blowing. And I have such imposter syndrome and I really need to get over that because I truly don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Like I just like, I just like to talk about this stuff. I really just love Bravo so much. It's been like the most constant, consistent relationship I've ever had. Um, and I, I know I'm rambling a little bit, but I just don't think people really understand like how much like my listeners and followers like really do mean to me. Um, because yeah, like my life is completely different now. I don't work at the dental office anymore. Like I'm doing an ama- I have an amazing career over at Betches that I just started, like which is amazing too because I started freelancing for them back in like 2019. And I didn't know what I didn't even know how to write an invoice. Like I it it was really like I learned all of this stuff like on my own and like I live in Michigan. I'm not surrounded by people in LA or New York who are like really you know, doing, doing the same kind of things as me, like have, I don't, I just felt like very alone in in learning all of it. But of course, like there have been some amazing people along the way who have been like really, really helpful. And, um, yeah. And then I got to go on like, watch what happens live with Andy. And then now I'm moderating this panel and I just, I truly cannot believe it. Like I think about where I was in 2019 when the first BravoCon happened and I wore that ugly fucking sweater And, you know, I was like, oh my God, that would be so amazing to like host a panel. So when I first got the email, I really wasn't sure if I was going to do it because I'm like, why are they asking me? That is so fucking scary. I don't want to be in front of people. I don't want to have to talk to Bravo celebrities. Like that shit still makes me so nervous. Like when they DM me, like my heart stops. I'm like, oh my God, are they mad at me? Like what's going on? Like I, I don't. I, I don't like to be that close to the Bravo celebrities. Like it's almost like you're flying a little too close to the sun and I don't want to get burned because like the other day, for example, Crystal Minkoff just randomly DM'd me and she goes, you are so hysterical. And I thought she was like trolling. I was like, is she serious? Like, what did I say? Did I talk about her on a podcast? Like, where is she coming from? And I was like, oh my God, like, I love you. Like, this is so crazy. And she was, she, <laughs> she goes, your valley girl voice really um she said something about my valley girl voice 
And I was like, fuck my life. Even Crystal is saying it. I really need to go to a voice coach or something because this is like, <laughs> this is just becoming quite a pattern. Um, and I don't know. I don't know how to stop it. It's like a train that like literally left the fucking station and I don't know how to knock it off. I think I watched Clueless too many fucking times as a kid. I unclear, but I just want to say everyone's messages were so fucking sweet. I couldn't believe like all the comments and the DMs that I was getting everyone like so so sweet. This one girl, she was so nice. She messaged me and she's like, you know, I started following you when I was a sophomore in high school and now I'm a sophomore in college. Like, I'm so proud of you. This is so exciting. And I was like, that is so fucking nice. Also like, wow, 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 wow. It's hard to believe that it's been four years of this Instagram account. And I mean, trust me, there's been, you know, there's been some trials and tribulations. I'm not going to lie to you. There's been, there's been some drums, but, um, overall it's been just like the most amazing experience. And I, really have to say like when I first started it I didn't tell anybody about it like I literally ran it in secret no one in my family knew my friends no one because I was so embarrassed because I'm like I'm on the fucking internet talking about Bravo posting I have like screenshots I have more pictures of the real housewives in my phone than I do like any loved one you know (laughs) like it's really crazy um but I just have to say, like, if you have a passion like that, like, just do it. Don't tell anybody about it. I know that that might be like a really hot take, but I really think like if you tell people you allow like right when you're starting, I think you allow their opinions to maybe infiltrate too much. And then you start questioning things and doubting yourself. And maybe that could just be me. But I'm really happy that I kind of just went for it and, you know, put myself out there and you know, you know, I I don't know. I just think, you know, if you want to start something like just, just put your head down and focus and like, just do what you love. And yeah, it might not be, you know, the immediate success that you want it to be, but I promise like if you're consistent and you are putting out things you like, um, there will be someone that connects to that. And I think it's really, really amazing. And, you know, just, just honestly, this is going to sound so fucking cliche and annoying, but really like just be true to yourself and um, don't try to like do what you think you should be doing. You know, I don't know. Maybe that's dumb. I, I, that's just how I personally feel. So yeah, I just wanted to say a nice little quick thank you to everybody who congratulated me on the panel. And I hope to see so many people at BravoCon. I can't fucking wait. I'm going to be there all weekend. I'm actually flying into New York a little bit earlier that week. So like, I can't wait to be back in the city. Now I could never live in New York. Never, ever, 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 ever. Um, I, it's just too chaotic for, for me. Um, I would have to up my Zola prescription. I would have to, things would have to happen. Okay. Retire your overplayed playlist. You'll never hear the same mix twice on AMP. AMP is a free live radio app where anyone can hop on the mic and play the music they love. So you can discover new-to-you playlists as they're made. Download AMP. That's A-M-P in the App Store. Your lips can do a whole lot more than kiss. Your lips express love and speak your truth. Plump your lips with Juvederm Volbella XE or Juvederm Ultra XE for natural-looking results that are completely and uniquely you. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XE or Juvederm Ultra XE. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history 
history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. All right, let's stop talking about me. That's enough. Um, let's talk other headline news. Um, Real Houses of Atlanta it did start to film this week, I heard, or is starting soon, um, which is really exciting. I, you know, they didn't appear to fire anybody, or I don't know if they're really bringing anyone on as like a full time peach holder just yet. I'm sure that they're they're going to wait, kind of like what they did with New Jersey, you know, because. Jackie did get demoted, but I'm sure that they gave her the opportunity to maybe like step her little pussy up and get that meatball. But I don't think she did, which is really disappointing that they would demote her after last season. I've talked about this before because I really think that she had like a lot of vulnerability and I really, really appreciated that. And I thought that that was really rare. And I thought that kind of sent like the wrong message to housewives and maybe fans. Like, I don't know. I just, I didn't really enjoy that. Um, since we're talking about Real Houses of Atlanta, let's talk about the reunion. It was part three. And I have to say, I'm kind of happy the season is over. It was kind of a nothing burger of a season. Like, yes, there were moments where I enjoyed myself. There were moments where I laughed and cried. And like, of course, but Atlanta to me is like a top tier program. You know, it's a top tier show and it just wasn't giving. And my friend Chris Lewis, friend of the pod, and of course, my co-host over on Shortcomings, he said, he's like, they need bouncy energy. They need a Porsche. They need someone light, fun, um, not so hungry for the for the fame, you know? And I totally agree. And I'm really just perplexed by the way that Sheree just admits to not paying people and thinks it's like a cute little storyline bit. And I'm like, no, that's actually really fucking weird. Like, just give Drew the money. Like, shut up. It, I find it gross. I don't really understand it. Like, I just think it's a very weird thing to like hang your hat on and like be proud of and like just openly admit to not paying people if you don't like their service. It's like, babe, that's really not how it works. And even Kenya, I mean, we talked about this part one. It's like that it's not cool to do that. Um, I will say, I think Drew's makeup, the more that I look at it, I find it to be so fucking stunning. I hate, hate her dress, but her face and her hair look absolutely gorgeous. Um, Todd calling Ralph Mr. Gaslighter sent me to the fucking moon. I have to tell you that man like Todd sometimes just comes out and he just really gives me a giggle like and I know that they were kind of joking back and forth. He's like, oh, Mr. Gaslighter. And then, of course, Ralph, I think, got a little sensitive about that, which I mean, typical gaslighting behavior. Um, You know, and then Todd obviously started joking about how he's like, you know, a deadbeat like candy gives him his money gives him an allowance it's you know it was like a cute little bit I do like seeing the guys become close I think that that's really nice because it also adds to like the complexity and the depths of the relationships between the women um you see that I'm married to medicine too and obviously on New Jersey like 
when the men are friends, it adds a different layer. And I think that that's a layer I'm like excited to in, like not investigate, but um, to witness, I guess. I have to tell you guys, Mr. Ross is the love of my life. I love him. I am so attracted to this man. It uh, truly, he makes me like blush when he's on screen. Like I get giddy. I smile the whole time he's talking. Uh, the moment between him and Kenya, I thought was really great and really productive when she called him aggressive in the clip um, from when they were in Jamaica. And he was like, yeah, like I, you know, I understand why she would feel that way. And then she was like, you know, I never like, it was just a really good resolution. And of course you guys know, I love resolution on housewives. I think it's really amazing. Um, what else? I mean, truly, I don't know how much more we can like beat to death, like the Marlowe of it all and the, the Kenya. And I'm just, I'm ready for some storylines to change. I'm ready for the women to come back next season with a little bit more like, I felt like they weren't they weren't really the, the only one that was clocked in to work was Sanya and Marlo, in my opinion. Everyone else was kind of coasting, especially Miss Kenya. And I'm team twirl over here, but she really gave us nothing. Nothing. Like that's it was boring to me. Overall, I think the season was not it wasn't giving what it could have give, you know? Could have gave, excuse me. Um I really want to talk about Beverly Hills. I have I'm looking at my notes here. It is I have a lot. I have a lot to say because last week Jackie Schimmel was on and we didn't have really have a chance to talk about Beverly Hills that much. So I didn't really get to talk about the meltdown um, that ensued uh, in Aspen. I didn't really get to talk about Rinna leaving Crystal's birthday party early, which was really dramatic. Um, and, you know, I did have some uh, unpopular opinions on Twitter because, you know, I, of course, was like live tweeting my thoughts and I was a little confused, you guys. I got to be honest with some people. Um, I was a little confused why everyone was acting like Kathy would not throw a temper tantrum. Um, this woman is in her 60s. She's a Hilton. She's she's had everything she's ever wanted given to her. Um, yeah, like, I don't know why this is shocking. This is like when people talk about King Charles, you know, throwing a fit over a pen. It's like, yeah, guys, no, he's going to act like a fucking brat. He was the prince of fucking England. Like, are you okay? Um, So I was a little confused why everyone was like, Kathy just didn't do that. I think Rinna is lying. It's like, I don't think Rinna's is lying. I think she's, you know, making it more dramatic than it needs to be. I think Rinna's, you know, playing it up. But I don't think Kathy just didn't lose her shit like I think Kathy's admitted that which we get to in this episode it was just like very very weird um that I saw a lot of people online saying that she didn't you know do this and I was like are you guys like serious um it just seemed strange okay sorry I'm like dry mouth over here okay um let me start by saying for this episode, I have to admit something. It's really, really hard for me to admit, but Erica is growing on me. She's growing on me. And in the words of Dr. Christina Yang, somebody sedate me because I, I don't know why. And I think I'm falling for her tricks and maybe I'm being a little gullible. Maybe I'm falling for things, you know, that she's doing on purpose, but guys, she's getting me good. She's getting me good. She, does this therapy session 
And for the last like two episodes, I've really been able, maybe three now, I think. Yeah. I've really been able to see this side of her and like understand a little bit more of where she comes from with the defensive behavior. Now, do I think it's right? Do I think she, you know, this is the way that a human being should act when you're dealing with victims such as, you know, plane crash victims and burn victims? Uh, no, I don't. Um, but do I understand that she also has a lot going on? Absolutely. Like, I'm just going to lay it out. She was married to this man for 20 years. Okay. This man was, as we saw in the housewife and the hustler, like he was so powerful. He knew everybody and everybody knew him and they respected him. And he knew judges. He knew police officers. Um, and he kind of gave Erica everything she ever wanted. But like she said, there was also this other side of him. Like he did have like that Mr. Twinkle, like in his eye type of vibe, but he also could be an asshole. And I feel like that's the same, you know, that could be really said for anybody, to be honest, like everybody, you know, we all have like different sides to our personality. Um, but so I think that there's a lot going on in her mind. Like she has to mourn the relationship that she, you know, was in for 20 years. She has to mourn the man that she did love and, you know, share a majority of her life with because he's now has dementia. Like he's not well. Um, and I think she's allowed to feel that way. And I think she's also allowed to feel angry because I, I firmly believe that if Tom was well, I don't think Erica would be getting really any of this hate or lawsuits. I think someone just wants someone to be held accountable and since they really can't come for Tom due to his uh, state of mind and his health, she's the next thing. I I really have come around on this idea that I don't know if Erica knew everything. I think, you know, I, I mean, women get men and women, I'll say, get bamboozled all the time by their partners. Like it's not an uncommon thing. And I understand the women asking questions and I love them for it, especially Sutton and Garcelle. I would have the same questions too, but I also think Erica is, is right in that she also deserves a little bit of compassion too. And I was one of the people leading the charge. I mean, I was basically, you know, the villagers in Shrek with like a fucking pitchfork coming for Erica. And no, I'm starting to soften a little bit. And maybe I'm falling for her little shtick with the no makeup and the crying with the therapist who I doubt is really her therapist. Um, but I, I think we all can maybe give her a little bit of grace. I don't think, you know, I think like she told Sutton when they were eating Popeyes and Dom Perignon out of China, she was like, I tried to be that way. Like I tried to be compassionate and soft spoken and like, you know, be understanding, but it got me nowhere. And now she's turning to a place of anger and defensiveness, which is what we've seen of her the last like year. And I think it's just a very flight or flight mentality that she's having. And it's probably survival mode. And like she said with her therapist that I'm using in quotes, um, she said, she was like, I'm becoming this angry person and I don't want to do that. She's like, I can feel myself turning. And that's probably a really crazy feeling. Um, feeling yourself harden. And as, 
I mean, I've never gone through any of this stuff, but like just even going through like bad breakups or something like that, like you can feel like a part of yourself chipped away. Like, and, and you know, that, that sucks. Cause you can feel yourself maybe becoming, um, more cynical. And I, I see that for Erica. Now, Erica and Sutton are really a fun duo to me. I think they both initially really, really liked each other. And I think Erica was like just very deeply hurt by Sutton's questioning of her and everything that has, you know, obviously like ensued over the last year and a half, two years. I honestly don't know what time is. So I, I'm guessing here on the timeline, but I also think there's a part of Erica that almost now respects Sutton more and trusts her more because Sutton never backed down from Erica. Sutton always stood her ground, said, this is why I feel this way. You, you did this to me. I still have these questions. Like it is what it is. And I think that there's a part of Erica that really fucks with a girl like that, you know? And I think they had to go through that really hard, ugly time in their friendship to really come to the place where they are at now, where I think Sutton is really able to like jab at Erica in like a fun way. And Erica's able to take it. And they're I find them very similar. And you know, probably coming from the South, they both have similar, you know, they have very similar vibes and memories, and especially both coming from Georgia. So that's my thought on Erica and Sutton. Um, now let's talk about this hair party. Ugh, this hair party. I don't think Erica J needs to do hair. I get that Erica needs a paycheck, but I don't think this was the route Erica needed to go. Um, let's not forget. I think Erica had a line with Tarte. Um, let me see. Or was it Too Faced? <gasps> yeah, yeah, yeah. So Erica Jane had a line with Too Faced Cosmetics, which is like a really, really big fucking deal because they're like, you know, I mean, hello, it's Too Faced. Um, And that got taken away. Her Fenty collaboration got taken away. Um, it That that ad, you know, Spawn, SpawnCon really ran its course. So I get that she needs to check. Um, and I think her knowing that if she doesn't start repairing relationships like with Sutton or Garcelle or other, the other women that, I mean, she could be fired and she needs, she needs the money, honestly. Like, so I think that Mm -hmm. that also has something to do with her friendship with Sutton, but I like to think it's a little bit more pure than that. Oh my God. And this fucking Diana Elton John shtick, I truly wanted to throw tomatoes at the fucking screen, like tomatoes, tomatoes, tomatoes. I hate this woman. I don't give a fuck that you're friends with Elton John. I understand he's like superstar extraordinaire. Um, but clearly she told him, hi, I'm going to be filming right now. Can you please call me and tell me that I'm a dream and that I'm amazing and bring up the Oscars four times so that people know that I am connected and like wealthy. That's what that said to me. It was so fucking lame and so obvious. And I was just really not on board, not on board with it. I thought, get off my screen, get off, get off the screen. Give me Asher. I want Asher, you know, singing his show tunes. I don't give a fuck about Elton John. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And then of course, 
everybody starts talking about the Kathy of it all, um, the Kathy meltdown, the Kathy tantrum, um, you know, the, the Kathy hurricane that came through Aspen. Um, the thing is, is like I said, I think that all happened. I think it's pretty obvious. Um, but I also think Rena is a little too gleeful about this whole thing. She, you know, I understand getting those text messages. I will admit uh, those texts are a little bit menacing, if we're being honest. Like this whole like silence is golden. Don't tell anybody. Heart, heart, heart. No, no, bueno, um, <laughs> as Kathy said. But Rinna is just delivering this all in such a soap opera type of way that I was just like, are you fucking serious? There is just something about Lisa Rinna where I don't understand why she gets so triggered or worked up by these type of things. It just doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. I don't fully understand it. And I'm really trying because it's like she had the same issue with Kim. Like Kim had a strange reaction to something or got mad. And it's like Rena's like, she's close to death. It's like, calm the fuck down. Stop making these big sweeping statements. But then I did have a little bit of a chuckle when they were like, yeah, Kathy tried to request uh, Billie Jean. (laughs) and got mad when the dj wouldn't play it and they were like what the dj wouldn't play michael jackson it's like are you guys okay like read a fucking book like no shit the dj doesn't want to play michael jackson like michael jackson is not it ladies like i understand that he's of your time he's really of everyone's time i mean i remember where i was when i found out the man passed i was sitting in an olga's i believe it was like june 26 like i remember these things but like if the DJ doesn't want to play Billie Jean, like the DJ doesn't have to play Billie Jean. And Crystal is like, you guys, this is really weird. Like, are you guys, do you guys not know what has happened? Like, it's pretty clear. Um, But anyway, I found the whole conversation about Kathy and the tantrum at the hair party to be really fascinating because they started talking about how Kathy like was yelling at the coat check and they were doing this and that. And then Diana did say something interesting for the first time ever on the show. She said that, you know, she was born into that game because Diana had given the guy $200 to basically be like, so sorry. Like basically telling him to shut up. Like, like that's what I got from that. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I misinterpreted. I'm not sure, but Diana was like, she was born into the game. She was born into the game. And then Erica just looks at her and she goes, she married into the game. And Erica's like, we all married into the game. And Diana was like, yeah, like if you are at like a club, like they don't give a fuck who you are. They just want you to pay them. Like that's the, that's it. So it's like, just give him money and like move on. Like that's the deal. And I actually agreed. I mean, not in the sense of like, you should do that. Like, that's what you should do. I'm just saying like, I'm shocked. Kathy also didn't just do that, but I think maybe she was in like such a rage. Um, and Cherie being like, yeah, I mean, Kathy was really worked up the whole day. Like she was shaking on the phone. Um, she got really angry and Rena was like, what? Like Rena, are you fucking stupid? She obviously was angry all day. Like if you had eyes, you could see that but maybe Rena was like just too upset and I I will say I do agree with Lisa Rinna that Kathy is jealous of the Kardashians and that might be a hot take but I genuinely believe so I don't know what how the rest of you guys feel so please DM me if you how you feel about that because I really I see that 
Because if you think about it, Paris was the girl. Paris was that bitch. Nikki was famous too, but not in the same way as Paris. Paris was fucking everywhere, you guys. Like if you remember the 2000s, like you you couldn't escape. I would go to Target and there would be a little purse that says that's hot. Everybody got little chihuahua puppies. Like she was everything. And Kim was her stylist, was her little, you know, friend that kind of just palled around with her and really, you know, just wanted to be seen. And Kris Jenner was able to take that and make it a billion dollar family empire. And there, I think that there's probably a part of Kathy that's a little jealous of that because also the Kardashians have had a way of, and this might be unpopular too, but it's just the truth of staying together and putting their family first. And Kathy obviously has not had that same luck given her relationship with Kyle Paris, um, you know, and her clearly have a very, um, tense relationship. I'll say, um, you know, and then everything that's happened with her son, Conrad, like it, it just wasn't all it was. I think she wanted it to be. And I think that that, I don't know if that triggered the meltdown, but I think like it's probably true. Um, I don't know if that really, you know, had anything to do with the tequila. I don't know. It, but I do think Rinna was right about that. Um, and this idea that Lisa Rinna is giving Kathy her thoughts and prayers and blessings and prayers is insane. And the fact that she thinks that we're going to believe that is really crazy. And it just makes me frustrated by this whole situation because it's like, Rena, what is your fucking problem? Like, I just don't understand the soap opera like performance that she thinks that she's giving. Like, it's really bizarre and I'm not enjoying it. Uh, I think this is Rena's swan song, to be honest. I think that this is how she goes out. Um, I'm very, very curious to see her at the reunion, um, especially because we know that Kathy and Kyle get into it. Some stuff comes up, you know, that obviously these two have a lot to, to, to get into. Let's talk about Kathy and Kyle now that we're like on the subject. I could watch 10 hours of, the, of this. I'm not fucking joking. I could watch these two women talk their shit out for hours. I want big brother type of footage. Like that's what I'm talking about. Like, because the layered complexity between them and this Richard's family is so fascinating to me. It, it really captures me in a way where like a lot of housewives, honestly, it doesn't like that. These two have such a long obviously history of ups and downs together and I mean we saw that with the footage playing back all the way to 2011 when Mauricio decided to leave the company and start his own company that turned out to be wildly successful um I mean so right when Kathy walks in you can tell immediately that she wants Kyle's approval She's immediately like, do you like my shoes? Do you like my cowboy boots? And Kyle shoots her down. But in a sisterly way, I think maybe this is just their relationship is like, Kathy, those are not cowboy boots. Those are pilgrim boots. And Kathy, like you see her put on the little hat and she like has this very like childish way about her. And it's kind of how I feel about Teresa and Joe when they're in a fight is they revert back to being kids. 
like you see little Joe and little tree. That's how I felt. I saw little Kath and little Kyle. Like it really says a lot. And then, you know, you saw Kathy like giving Kyle the bracelets and the flowers and she, uh, you know, was really trying there and she immediately apologized to Kyle and you could see it in her eyes. This was probably one of the most sincere apologies I've ever seen on housewives ever. And she might be playing us. I don't think she is. I don't think she's that good of an actress. Um, but you could tell that she was regretful. You can tell that she was sincere, but you could also see it in her face that she was embarrassed. Like no one wants to be caught talking shit about their sister or their supposed friends. Like, but sometimes shit happens. And I think she was really embarrassed and she was like, you know, I didn't expect it to like get back to anybody. Like I really was just in the heat of the moment, like so angry. And I just really think Kathy is a lot more sensitive than people believe she is or that she wants people to believe. Um, And when she tells Kyle, like, I feel really insecure. I think that, you know, Kathy isn't used to being in this level or this much of the spotlight, right? I think obviously she was a Hilton. So she ran with a, to quote Jill Zarin, a fabulous circle of people, this is very different. This is like social media. She's on social media now. She's on Watch What Happens Live. She's doing talk shows. She's she's like out and about and like a woman that people love and want to see more of. Like she's really become this kind of star. And I think she's that's overwhelming to her. And to feel like your sister is like putting you down and making jokes at you and like that kind of stuff. I feel like that makes her feel so insecure like she said and then but Kyle on the one side is like Kathy you do the same thing to other people like you can't expect you know not to be ribbed a little bit when you're constantly doing that and I think you know Kyle really looks to Kathy as a mother figure and I think Kyle looks to or I think okay let me start over I think Kyle looks to Kathy as a mother figure and I think Kyle Oh my God. I'm like having a stroke. Okay. I think, (laughs) I think Kyle looks to Kathy as a mother figure, but I also think Kathy looks to Kyle as like a little sister still. Like there's a very different, um, family dynamic happening here, especially because I think, you know, a big, a big, um, there's a big void now that big, you know, since big Kathy has passed and, I felt for her. I think both things can be true. I think they're both right. And I think they're both allowed to feel how they want to feel. Um, Kathy, you know, saying, you know, mom would be very proud of you. And Kyle goes, really? And she was like, yeah, I'm really proud of you too. Guys, it got me in my feelings. And then um, Rena comes storm. Rinna, the Rinna storm comes rolling in. She comes barging in the house. Not really. She just like calmly comes. Um, but Kyle and Kathy did seem to get somewhere before Rinna like walked in. I think that there's just a lot of like hurt with this family that I don't think will ever be resolved, honestly. Um, yeah, I just I don't see that happening for them. I hope it does. I hope that they come to some sort of peace or middle ground. Um but then, you know, Rinna comes in and 
Rinna had no intention of accepting an apology. She really didn't. She was so performative in this scene with Kathy where she was like, it was bad, right? You need some help. You really need help. Go fuck yourself. I was truly appalled that Kyle didn't step in at any time and tell Rinna, like, you're being really hard right now. Like, you need to back the fuck up. That is my sister. Do not look at her and tell her she has a black heart. Don't tell her it was a psychotic break. Don't tell her you need some help. That is not okay. Every I get it. Like, I understand Kathy probably lost her mind. But who hasn't? Erica screamed at everybody. And do you see Rinna telling, you know, Erica to go apologize to everybody and make amends and do all this shit? No. Like, why is Rinna so bent out of fucking shape about Kathy Hilton? It's so crazy to me. And a part of me feels like Kathy is, you know, Bravo's new baby like they really love her I think they put a lot behind her I think she brought a lot of lightness to a great season last year um and I think Rin is afraid of that I really do and I think that she kind of wants to take down the fan favorite and has no interest in really moving forward or creating that path to move forward um which is really upsetting and I like I said I think that this is Rinna's swan song um and Kathy was not fucking around. She was like, you've also been unkind. So maybe back the fuck up. You said my sister was close to death. You tried to choke my sister. You threw glass at my sister. Like Kathy was not having it. I think Kathy genuinely is sorry, but you kind of have to like, let it go at some point, Rena. Like she just wasn't, you know, giving her any sort of room to really apologize and have it be okay. Like she just kept wanting to dig it in a little bit more that like, Kathy, you fucked up. You're a bitch. You screamed at everybody. It's like, we know, we know she knows everyone knows that this happened. She's sorry. She just wants to move on. And like Kyle said, they're fucking trained assassins in quotes. It's like Erica and Rinna are going to come for you. And I think this will really, really test Kyle and Kathy's sisterly bond because the fact that Kyle didn't step in during that conversation and say a word from what we saw and just let Rinna steamroll Kathy was really not okay. And I know that I don't think Paris um, Hilton will ever speak to her aunt again because the things that Paris tweets and likes on it on Twitter about Kyle and is really crazy. I mean, obviously it's like amazing for me because I find it really fascinating, but um, yeah, I mean, I'm excited for the finale. I'm excited for the reunion. I can't fucking wait. I hope everybody comes back next year. I have mixed feelings if Rena should come back. I don't think she will. Um, but yeah, wow, wow, wow. In Salt Lake City, I am, you know, I have to say I'm going to drag myself a little here. Because I do remember coming on this podcast fairly recently and being like, you know, I really don't miss Salt Lake City. They're not my favorite. I think, you know, they're a crazy group of women that have no real connection to each other. I can't make heads or tails of what's happening any episode. That was basically me all last year on this fucking podcast. Guys, I was wrong. I was wrong. And I can admit that because I'm self-aware. And holy shit, 
this premiere was maybe one of the best premieres we've ever had. Like, obviously the one where it was like Denise was never seen again. That was a great premiere. But also the christening was a great premiere. And I think this is top tier. Top fucking tier. These women... I can't fucking wait for this season. The intro to this episode with the playback from their confessionals in 2019, Jen Shaw going, I make a millions. And she was like, I'll do anything to get the money, honey. I'm like, oh, baby girl, that's not good. Then you have Heather and Whitney talking about each other being like, she's my cousin and my sister and my blood. And then you have Lisa and Meredith, you know, talking about their friendship. It was love at first sight at the Sundance Festival. And then the alliances have shifted. They have shifted. Something has happened in Salt Lake City. And they set it up where you see the women getting ready to go to lunch separately. And you don't know who's meeting with who. You think Jen's meeting with Whitney. You think, or you think Jen's meeting with Heather. You think Meredith's meeting with Lisa. And then you see Meredith get out of the car and there's Jen Shaw. And you're like, what? Like, excuse me? And then you see Heather stroll into that bistro with Lisa. And I was like, what is going on here? And I could tell by social media that there have been some shifts. Obviously, when Meredith went to New York with Jen Shaw, that was a shock to us all. Because Meredith hated this woman for allegedly calling Brooks a sissy bitch. Which is hilarious. It was wrong, but it was funny. And Meredith really held that torch for Jen for the entire season. Like, truly hated her so much. Didn't give a single fuck about her. Literally, the woman was getting charged and going potentially going to prison. And Meredith was just soaking in the tub. Just, you know, la-di-da. Like, not a big deal. And, um, yeah. And then, obviously, the whole Heather and Lisa stuff... Lisa allegedly called Heather Shrek and said she looked like a Lego figurine. And that is not nice. And Heather is ready to move forward with Lisa. This is why I love certain housewives. Because in housewives, you have to be able to move forward. You have to be able to have resolution, have fights, have this. But like you can't hold on to shit or else it gets stale, it gets boring, and then you get fired and then we don't have a show, okay? So, you know, then we get that scene with that, you know, Lisa and Heather where I I was actually really touched because I think Heather was giving great advice. She was like, Lisa, you have to just admit this was wrong, that you're sorry, And that, like, maybe you do feel that way about Meredith because, like, that's all she said a lot of things in that hot mic moment. Okay. She said, Your husband, you know, has no job. You cheat on your husband. You fuck everyone in New York. Your kids are lame. They pose. Like, she went bananas. And then, you know, then we go to the hot tub with Jen and Meredith, and they're talking about Lisa, like, Lisa, you know, might suck dick for money, might suck dick to get Vita tequila in, you know, bars in Salt Lake City. Like the accusations that were being thrown around were really crazy, too. And I was like, this woman is out for fucking blood. Now, I have thoughts on this. I obviously think what Lisa did was wrong. 
Okay, that goes without saying. The things that she said about her, quote, best friend is awful, awful, devastating. But I do think that Meredith is maybe going too low. I think if Meredith took the high road and was like, you know, it really hurt my feelings. You were my sister, my friend. Uh, You know, as Vicky Gunvalson once said, you were supposed to be my friend, my soulmate, my sister. That is the road I would have liked Meredith to take. Not this road where she's like, you know, Lisa's husband just follows her around. Like, what does he do? I'm like, he's a good husband who loves his wife. Why is that a problem? Why is that a problem? It's weird. That's a weird thing to like focus on. Like, yeah, John Barlow, you know, sucks his wife's ass. That is how it should be. I'm sorry. I think, you know, they should do that. Um, You know, who cares if Lisa wears the pants in the relationship? It feels like a weird thing to really like give a shit about. Um, uh, Yeah. And I just, I don't know. I just think Meredith is going a little too low where it's like, I almost don't care that Lisa said all of that stuff anymore because the reaction and the way that she's handling it is just not doing it for me. Um, I also felt this way last year about the sissy bitch comment. I was like, really? You got to let this go. Like your son is 25 years old. Like he got his own show coming up, which I have many, many thoughts about. Um, it's giving white mediocrity. And uh, yeah, I think the fact that he's been on for two seasons barely and he's got his own show talking to other celebrity, you know, reality star kids. It's like, why isn't Gia Giudice doing this? Why isn't Brianna Gumbelson? Actually, that would be horrible. Um, you know, I would love to see Riley. Like Riley's been on since she was literally a baby girl. I don't give a fuck about Brooks. He really triggers something. I mean, I don't know why that's something I have to look inward about. Um, but the scene with Heather and Whitney, I'm guys, something has changed within me and something is not the same. Um, I really liked Heather this episode. And I gave her a hard time last year. I think I called her a loser. I <laughs> I like her. I I enjoyed her presence. I thought she was really funny with Bobby Rose. I thought that was a really nice, funny scene where she was talking about, like, girl, lower your standards. Like, sweetie, that shit is never going to happen. You know, I honestly just learned that men don't wipe their penises after they pee. And that really really rocked my world. I was like, excuse me, men are pigs, <laughs> truly disgusting animals. And, um, anyway, I don't know why I just shared that, but, um, so that list, I did agree. I was like, Heather, yes, get her to cross some things off, move things over to the cons, move things over to the pros. You gotta, you gotta rearrange, you gotta recheck your priorities, baby girl, because it, it's going to be a rough, rude awakening when you really start dating. Cause let me tell you, it's it's a rough, rough, it's a harsh world out there. Okay. And then, you know, I really appreciated Whitney being so supportive actually of the friendship between Lisa and Heather. I thought, you know, she was going to be like, oh my God, this is so fake. Like this is so this, but she was like, no, I think that this is really good. I, she was very supportive of it. And she's like, I think it's good that you guys are talking things out. I was like, who am I? I'm really enjoying these two Mormon cousins. Um, And then this whole idea of getting your name taken out of the book, the book of God, I think that's what it's called. I am not a religious person really. Like I don't, I, I've never really been to church. I'm not baptized, et cetera. So I don't know much about the Mormon world, but, um, that was just really, really surprising. I didn't know that they were written in a book. 
I didn't know that they check on you and come to your house and ask you for money. I mean, someone looked up on quitmormon.com, that website that Whitney was talking about. They even ask you for a donation at the end. They're like, I know you're leaving us. I know you're going straight to hell, but do you have $10 to spare? It, it, it's crazy. Um, So that was shocking. And I like that Whitney is very strong in her conviction to leave. She was like, no, like I can't sign this paper fast enough. And her husband seems really supportive. And he's like, you know, knowing Whitney, she's she can't like live in in something that isn't the truth and, you know, something that is holding her back. So he's really supportive. And Heather obviously was like really touched because she's like, I don't know if I'd ever be able to do that, even though she has a very complicated relationship with the religion and her family and the rules and the this and the that. It was probably really interesting for her to watch someone just do that because, I mean, like they said, like the steel doors shut on Whitney and the and that community that she grew up with. Like, and I think Whitney was really, really into the into the church um, when she was younger. Um, so that was really interesting. Um, let's talk about Jen Shaw really quick. Uh, first of all, these confessional looks, the green was really something to take in um it was a little bit of a jarring you know it was it was um inflaming all of my senses is that the term it like all of my senses were going at one time it was really really crazy to look at but then the more I looked at the more I loved it and you guys know I struggle with my love of Jen Shaw um I think she's not the best person um but I also think she's great reality television and frankly reality star and I hate that I think that because she's also a monster uh let's not forget she took all of her mom's retirement money and now is pleading guilty do you know how fucking angry her mom probably is like oh my god my baby is innocent my baby is innocent she would never she would never she would never and then all of a sudden it's I'm guilty and her saying in this episode that she's innocent and that's why she's not taking a plea um a plea 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 what is the word plea deal um she's not taking a plea deal i was like maybe we should um and then you know they throw this party for coach shaw and i love him i think he is a lovable guy i really am curious to see if he's going to divorce her um when she goes to prison because i also think it depends on how long she goes for and like if you have the potential to get out of prison for like good behavior you know i don't i don't see jen acting up in prison but maybe she will actually that's a lie i can see Jen Shaw running shit. Okay. I can picture her going in there and making moves. Um, so I am curious to see what Coach Shaw will do, but I do think that that was like a really sweet moment. He really, really loves her. And, you know, it gave me a little bit of like a warm, fuzzy feeling when he was like, you know, it brings me to tears every time to think of my wife not being around for my family. Cause it's like, the thing is, is they know that this is coming. It's very true to Teresa Judice. It's like they know that she's going away. They know she's going to um, jail. They just really don't know for how long. So that's probably really sad. And then also, um, you know, she threw him this beautiful party at her friend Angie's house. I thought it was going to be the other Angie. I was a little confused when she said Angie. I was like, oh, and then there's another Angie. Lots of Angies in Utah. Um she seems very wealthy. That house looked cold as ice. Okay. I, 
the older I get, the less I like houses like that. I used to like love really modern homes. And now I'm like, no, I want like a cozy cottage giving Nancy Myers. Like that's what I want. I want like a big comfy couch. Um, speaking of, if you guys want to go look at the architectural digest, um, just released Emma Chamberlain's beautiful home pictures, uh, truly a dream, truly goals. And I want to know where all her TVs are because there's not a single one out. And that always blows my mind. Cause I'm like, where do you put a TV? Why don't you have TV out? It's very weird. Anyway. Okay. I digress. Meredith is really acting like Lisa, like killed her firstborn son. She is acting like Lisa Barlow is a leper. Like, she is so angry, and I understand that, but babe, we already talked about this at the reunion. We've already discussed this. You have to be able to want to move forward, and it's like, this was your friend of 10 years. You have, like, do you not want to try to move on? That's what I, I don't get. Like, if it was really someone so close to her, and she's, you know, Lisa's trying to apologize and trying to talk to her, and she's not giving her anything, and if anything, she's spreading more rumors about her, saying that she sucks dick. It's strange. Um, you know, and then of course, Seth and Lisa have this conversation and Lisa is obviously knows that she's wrong. I don't think, you know, when you're apologizing, you need to bring up all the feelings you had in that moment saying I was hurt by this. I was hurt by that. It's like, just take the L and keep it moving. Okay. Just take the L and apologize and recognize that you hurt their feelings, but allow them space to process the apology and the fact that Meredith isn't even allowing Lisa to give her space to take that apology is really crazy to me because I'm like, this is your friend. Like, I guess maybe, maybe Meredith has some Scorpio in her, like where she really just cuts people off immediately, like at any sign of trouble. I know she is a Sagittarius, so that does explain her fiery personality. Same with Lisa Barlow. A lot of her housewives are Sagittarius, by the way, and Cancers um, and Scorpios. Just, just saying. Um, but Seth, he really is gross to me and I get that he's like a good looking guy, but he also just really creeps me out. And he looked like the way he was like really being weird with Lisa during this apology. It was very, um, I don't know. There was something really off about it to me. And then of course Lisa starts crying and then John, you know, puts her coat on for her and he gets her out of there because he's a king and he loves his wife and he hates seeing her sad. Um, and I mean, the rest of the season, I'm really, really excited. Next week looks really good. They're already going on a trip. These girls wasted no time. I am really disappointed that we, we were told we were getting a sit down conversation with the women. And, um, what is that woman's name from last year? Jenny, uh, for being racist and gross, but we didn't get that. I think Bravo was like, okay, enough time has passed. No one gives a fuck about Jenny anymore. She's a racist loser. Let's not give her any airtime. That's probably what I'm shooting for. Um, their thought process there, but I'm, you know, still a little bummed that we don't get that. Um, and then that's it all I have really for Salt Lake City. I do want to talk a little, a little Southern charm, and then I'm going to let everybody go because I've been talking for a really long time. You're probably like, shut the fuck up. So with Southern charm this year, um, Catherine mysteriously is not on the trip. Um, hasn't been really around really filming. And there is really some dark things going on there. Allegedly, um, you know, some outlets have put out that Catherine suffered a black eye and, you know, was in a really dark place. And I really, you know, I was on Amy Phillips last week on Sirius and when I talked about it and Catherine is really someone in the Bravo world who I do worry about. Um, I want her to be okay. 
And I hope, you know, she's out of a bad situation if she was if she was in one, if the rumors are true. Um, I do want to talk about Craig and Naomi. I think Craig, um, I, I don't really get the the issue that he really has with Naomi. I think he's just very triggered by her. Um, I think she reminds him of a time in his life where he didn't really have anything going for him. And now he has everything going for him and he's got a new girlfriend. And, but I really think like they're trying to paint Naomi as this girl that wants Craig back. It's like, no, I think she just fucked him once in Vegas after she dumped her ex-boyfriend and now she's on a show with him. Like, I really think that that's all it is. And I don't understand why he is acting like she's like dying for him. Like, I don't think so. Um, And then I didn't love when Naomi told Vanita to shut up. I thought that that was really nasty and really rude because I do think Vanita was literally just trying to get them to come to some sort of resolution and trying to get them to see each other's side, you know, and point of view and have some sort of like middle ground. I don't think that she was, you know, siding with Craig by any means. I think she was just like, Naomi, like, let's let it go. Like, let's try to see it from his side. And she was like, shut up, Vanita. I was like, okay, this feels rude. Um, Where the fuck is Madison? Where the fuck is my queen? Why is she not on TV? Why is she not on the screen? Why do I not see her blonde hair bouncing through? I don't get it. I'm upset by it. I also hate, hate Shep and Taylor together. I desperately hope that the two of them really broke up. I've been hearing lots of things online that they really didn't break up. It's for the show and for publicity and blah, blah, blah. And there was a photo of them out at a bar recently together, but Taylor did say like, you know, and or Shep said, one of them said, like, we're still friends. It's like, that's weird. I don't really get that if we're being completely honest. I don't get this idea of being friends with your ex. Like, I get if you're in the same social circle and like you happen to be, you know, around each other, sure. But like out together at a bar, like sitting next to each other at a bar stool is like, I don't love that. Um, I I just don't get it. Like, I think once you're an ex, like you're dead to me. Like I was telling my boyfriend, I was like, listen, if you ever cheated on me, you would never have to worry about me ever again. Like I would truly, I wouldn't even like want to burn your house down. I would, I would go silent. And that is the scariest thing is when a woman goes silent, that's when you need to be on the fucking lookout. Okay. That's when a storm could be coming, you know? Um, But yeah, I was like, if you ever cheated on me or did something really bad, I would block you and never think about you ever again. And he was like, oh, okay. Mind you, we were like literally not talking about that at all. We were just, I don't know. We were being weird. So um, I don't really buy the Naomi uh, Whitney thing at all. Um, I would be really surprised if that's even like a real, if they've actually really hooked up. I don't know. Um, I do think Naomi needs someone like him. I think she needs someone established, someone who has, you know, some coin. Um and someone who like is not a partier because I just don't think Naomi is really like down to clown like that. Um, but yeah, Taylor and Shep, like I was saying, sorry, I got a little sidetracked there. Um, Taylor and Shep, the way that he talks to her and about her and is like, I love her. It's like, then why are you so fucking nasty to her? Why do you want her to quit her job to control her? I mean, I hate to admit when Austin Kroll is right, but he was, he was like, this is really bad situation you guys got yourselves in. Like the fact that you want her to quit her job to try to control her is disgusting and weird. And I was team Austin. Sorry. And for Shep to be like, why is that running my business? You're on a show. It's like, do I have to remind these fuckers every week? Like these housewives and Bravo celebrities, they're like, why is this person bringing this up? Why is it's like, babe, 
because there's a camera crew around you with fucking boom mics. What do you think? What do you think, Shep? He's really, you know, lived long enough to see himself become the villain. And that's the truth. And I think that's a harsh reality for him because I think he was so beloved and he was like the goofy guy. And then now he's like coming off not so great. And Taylor is stunning and gorgeous. And she's very much like the Britney of the Vanderpump Rules group. But in Southern Charm, like everyone loves her. Everyone thinks she's an angel. Everyone thinks that she's the nicest girl who doesn't deserve to be treated like shit. But she's also the girl that makes excuses for her partner's bad behavior. Giving Britney vibes. Um, so I'll leave it at that. I can't wait to talk more next week. Um, BravoCon is coming up. It is the weekend, October 14th, 15th, and the 16th. Can't fucking wait to see everybody there. Don't forget, come to my panel. It will be so much fun. We're going to gossip with the girlies. And please rate, review, and subscribe wherever listen to podcasts. Um, follow me at Bravo Historian. Obviously, follow me at Betches Brides because that is like my time pick now. And yeah, I will talk to you guys later. Bye. Media Production.